everybody, and welcome to the Right Reality Podcast. My name is Mixie. Hi, everybody. My name is Steve, and today on the podcast, Carolyn is here. Carolyn is here, a first podcast interview, as the number one does. She gave us about <laughs> a little over an hour of her time, and we tried to get in as many questions as you wanted, as much as we could, as much information, as much tea as we could try to extract from her. Um, without like doing like damage to her NDA and her getting sued and stuff like that, we didn't we didn't want to put her in that scenario. But yeah, that's 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 what you're about to hear. That's what's that's what's coming to you from the number one Joe Millionaire podcast. That's what we got coming on deck for you. So get ready, get set, Carolyn. You guys, we have the queen here with us today, Miss Carolyn. Hello, hello. Hi, guys. We are so excited to talk to you, and I'm sure you're excited to spill some tea. It, this is this is the place to do it. So exactly. get, it, get it brewing, because we're we're gonna dive right into it. I'm ready. I feel like we should just go ready, set, go, and then you go. <laughs> but like that's yes. not. We're professional podcasters over here, so we'll, we'll yeah. ask some professional questions we'll tee you up the first thing i want to open with because i know there's been a lot of stuff online recently a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff online what are Mm -hmm. the ones what are the things that you've seen online that you just want to like stamp out right now and go bullshit bullshit or let me say something about that now let me say something about that now like i'm sure you got like a a Rolodex in your head about fake. I mean, you're good on Twitter. It's an interesting. It's an interesting feed. It's a great feed. I love it. It's a great follow. <laughs> I think like random, random stuff. Like me and Kerr have been intimate before. Like I haven't seen him since filming, and even okay. on filming, we just every we, everything was just so strict in terms of like you know us being able to see each other. Um. There's just, there's so much. Honestly, I'm going to need a, a little bit of your guidance because it's just literally so much. Oh, I will give you guidance. We've, we've got guidance for you. I've, we've got all of the guidance for you. Yeah, I mean, Twitter is a deep, dark, and ugly place. Sometimes it has some gold bits, but it, mm-hmm. it can it can get ugly. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of people accusing you of gold digging, Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't make any sense because you were into Kurt the entire time and pretty much said that you <laughs> knew that he didn't have money. But let's get into that. Let's start there. Did you know who the millionaire was? And if you did or didn't, what kind of tipped you off to that? I mean, so I guess I could I could start with this with saying that like I've been around uh, just money with like my career before I started my business. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I lived in Qatar for like four months when I was like 22 years old. Uh, I worked as a stewardess for, you know, the Prince of Qatar for four months um, before I moved on to more land-based management, which was a state management of a multi-million dollar 140 acre property for a billionaire family in New York, which I won't name um, for uh, security reasons. But then I moved on after that to work for a uh, Russian oligarch and manages 13,000, sorry, 18,000 square foot home on the beach in Ponte wow. Vedra. And I was like 24, 25 years old doing this um, for two and a half years. So I've been around like the ins and outs behind the scenes of billionaires and how they live their lives. I manage their estates. Um, so when the boys came on, you know, 
I knew immediately who it was in terms of I, when, when we were asked to look for it. So right. Me and Kurt met on the first night and we made that initial connection and it was immediate before we even knew the premise of the show. Um, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until like the second day when we were told on, you know, in the garden by Martin that we were on Joe Millionaire and we were told to kind of look, I, I even picked up things from the first night, you know, Steven kind of overspoke her and just was very well spoken and kind of had a radio voice and you know he wasn't flashy if he had anything like a you know designer brand um sunglasses he mentioned they were curt so billionaires aren't billionaires are people with money aren't they're just not flashy like they don't need to be um they mm-hmm. you know and i could just sense that in terms of that and you know with Stephen being so well spoken um, and being less impulsive, less emotional, um, you know, he led more with, uh, logic, I guess. And, you know, Kurt was more emotional and, you know, impulsive, which, you know, that's just their personalities. But at the same time, these are things that I know to look out for when it comes, you know, in terms of knowing who's, who has and who doesn't. And mm-hmm. it didn't change the way I felt about Kurt. <laughs> um, it didn't make me like, you know, gun ho first, even when I knew and sensed that he had the money. Um, right. I felt the way I felt about Kurt from like one and yeah, that's pretty much like the whole thing behind that. So when people say this, I'm like, first of all, I have my own money. I've, you mm-hmm. know, started my career very young. Um, I started my own business, uh, 100% owner of my own business, um, started from scratch. Like I just, I, you know, I'm not going to fake and pretend feelings for someone just because they have money. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not an actress. So yeah, I just think it's so wild. How does that make you feel reading that stuff? Because I imagine that's not easy. I mean... You know, a lot of it's not easy, but um, it's just like, it's like you just want to defend yourself immediately because you're just right. like, it's, it means so little to me. Like if it meant anything at all, why would I put myself through all of these situations yeah. to stick around because someone has money? And even if they do have money, what access do I have to it anyways? If, if I do end up winning this uh, yeah. person, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how, what access do I have to this money? Is he going to, is it like Martin's going to be like, okay, well, whoever won gets an automatic, uh, unlimited credit card. Like yeah. if he said that, and then they told us that the premise in the beginning, they're like, oh, by the way, if you guys win, you will automatically have access to their money. Whoever's the millionaire. Then I'd be like, okay, there was no cash prize at the end. Literally the only prize or reward was you leaving with a boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, like that doesn't mean anything. So, um, it's just ridiculous to me that people still believe. This. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them what, tell them. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, also, correct me if I'm wrong, but you mm. had no idea that the premise of this show was like a millionaire was going to be there. So, you know, like the concept of you going on to get money for your son, like that's not the case at all because you had no idea that that was what was even happening. That was the funniest part. The not the funny, the most frustrating part. I'm just like, what the, what am I going to go on there and like recruit a man to come and financially support me and my son? Like my son's father is very, very involved in my son's life. Like mm-hmm. my son goes to private school, remembers that like our, you know, country club, like he's in sports and, you know, he has everything he needs because we do half and half and his dad's a bit, like his dad's very involved. So mm-hmm. why would I try to recruit a man in my life to try to take care of me and my son when his, my son and his father have a very healthy you know, relationship and his dad's very involved. I'm looking yeah. for a boyfriend, some, a partner who will potentially, you know, fit, you know, or I will fit into their life and they'll fit into my life. Um, I don't want them supporting me and my son. I don't want them supporting my son. I just want someone that can meet me where I'm at in my life. I have this mm-hmm. freedom where I can travel all the time and have all this fun with my friends and, you know, do this and that. That's, I wanted someone that was at least there so I wouldn't have to take care of them. And that was my biggest thing. I wanted someone financially, um, 
secure so that I wouldn't have to take care of them, not so they would have to take care of me. Yeah. And that's like where we're, that's where people are really, really lost. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially, I mean, like you said, you have a son, you have Mm -hmm. to be, you obviously put him first. So Mm -hmm. taking care of a guy that doesn't have a career path or anything, it's just not going to work for you. It doesn't have anything to do with the money or not the money. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it's not going to work. Exactly. It's like ambition and motivation is like, is, are they driven? Do they have a career that they're excited about? Do they have something that they're building up towards? And Kurt had that. He had his business he started and he was building up to this thing he was very passionate about. And that on its own was for me financially secure enough to anything. Um, yeah, it was just it's just such a wild allegation. I'm just like, where the hell are you pulling this from? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go back to the beginning, the very first time. The connection that we saw when he comes over the railing at the beginning and you see mm-hmm. him and he sees you mm-hmm. watching what you watch, what we watched, was that as real as it looked? Because it looked like it was like, let's just go now. It was intense. Like it wasn't even until he came down the stairs later on. Um, You don't really get to see that. But, yeah. You know, we do like a little warm, like a ice breaking thing yeah. um all of us and you know as soon as we we're able to break away i was like hey do you want to go for a walk and i grabbed him and he was like me and i was like yeah <laughs> so he said at that moment it confirmed to him that i felt what he felt so the, the crazy part watching this back is i didn't know the guys were watching us walk in from the limo yeah oh i didn't know that until i watched the show back and he had already seen mm-hmm. me before i even he got to the railings so as soon as he got to the railings he was obviously looking for me. He was like, where is she? Where is she? Where is yeah, she? Yeah, he literally was looking for me. You can yeah. tell even mm-hmm. looking back. And um, he he like already locked eyes with me and already had that. So when I saw him like literally look at me and it was like a thing, I looked up at him and I was like, okay, what? I can't. And there's like this weird. <laughs> so by the time he came down and I grabbed him to have a first conversation, he was like me. And I was like, yeah, um, it was intense. Like I couldn't even look at him. It was like we were like get, like laughing and it was like he was biting his lip. And it was just this intense like. It was just, it, I don't even know how to explain it. It was, just, it was a lot. Had you experienced anything like that before? I mean, no. I mean, you like meet someone at a bar and you're like, hey, they're really hot, but you, you have a conversation with them. And like, obviously the more conversation you have with yeah. them, they like are funny and like you're beer goggles. But like, uh-huh. we were obviously, <laughs> we were full and sober. And like, I've never felt that like initial, like it was just like, we hadn't even muttered a word to each other. And it's like, we couldn't even look each other in the eyes. It was like intense. So no, I hadn't ever uh experienced that and then after that first conversation where you just like i am done it is sold game over or were you sold game over as soon as he stepped on that railing no so it was like i had a conversation with him and i was like okay cool that was nice um you know let's see this is gonna be fun because i there's actually something going between us but like i I wasn't like fully sold on him um i was just like this is cool that we had that connection um Mm -hmm. where with him he was like i'm she's I'm sold on her kind of thing. So yeah. for me, it was like me, like, okay, cool. That was nice. But like, I still want to explore things with Steven at this point because we just got in there. Um, but it was like, after a one-on-one date, it was kind of like, that was it. The non-continuity like, bowling alley date? Oh, I know. I know. God, what a gem. I know. I know. The balls, different colors. <laughs> oh, it yeah. just made me fall in love with this show just right away. <laughs> it, re- it really did. Let's talk about that moment where... You were like, no, I want you to date everybody else because I feel like we had talked about this in the moment and this it just mm-hmm. kept coming up throughout the show. Right. Can you talk about like what he said, what you said? Because there, uh, obviously there was some pieces that were taken out there, but mm-hmm. just walk mm-hmm. us through that like 
conversation if he can. So, um, you know, he had a lot of words to say to me, kind of very solidified, like how he felt about me. And it was things like, you know, I'm obsessed with you. Like you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't felt like this about anyone ever. So like when you're, someone's telling you these things, you're like, okay, it's, you know, sold. And he was like, how am I going to date these other women when all I want to do is just be with you? Like, I just want to explore this, what we have. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, you know, I feel these things for you too, but like, just kind of chill. Like we've known each other for four or five days. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can give you is the certainty that I feel the same way about you. And I can also say that I'll wait for you to explore your connections with the other women. So do your thing, explore your connections with the other women, because at the end, once you've explored all those connections and you do choose me, I want you to be sure. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I feel like this for you now. We have the hots for each other. Let's leave now. Let's do this. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we've known each other for five days. So no, like let's ride this out. Um, and that's why, that's where that whole thing came from. It wasn't me going like, yeah, just go, you know, do your thing. And then like, I know you're going to pick me. It's not, it's not like that. It was just me encouraging him. Cause I saw him having a hard time. He was really like, I came here to do this, but I, how am I going to do it? If I feel this way about, you know, it's just like, just do your thing. I'll be here. We'll figure it out. Um, and that's pretty much where that whole thing came from. That makes sense with the phrasing that you had, because like, that was a big thing on, you know, when that episode aired, everyone was like, when you do choose me, I -hmm. want you to be sure. And like, obviously if we get that out of context, it's like, okay, you know, you're a little bit too confident, but if that's Mm -hmm. the information he was giving you, then that makes complete and total sense. Well, it's also that, and I'm just very big into like manifesting. Like uh-huh. I've done a lot of like self-development work and I like with my business and my life, like I just manifest a lot of things and it works. I don't, it doesn't matter whether you believe in it or not. My life has worked. So if I'm going to talk about something, I'm going to talk about like if it's happened or it's what, sorry, it's already happened. So like, mm-hmm. instead of saying, if you choose me, like if, if I'm saying, if you choose me, then I'm already putting doubt in my mind that there's a chance that it's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. when I put out in the world that when you choose me, I already know in my head I'm going to act out of that certainty. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I don't know, it's just how I kind of like operate in, in a way. And do you think that that intimidated him? Um, or scared him? I think, no, I think he was more like, well, I think he was more like, what the hell is she talking about in a sense of like, do you really mean that? Cause I don't think he really, you know, knew where that was coming from in terms of like, I don't think he's that sure about, um, it was really weird. I don't think he's that sure himself, like that he would be that confident if it was the other way around. But for me, mm-hmm. it was like, you either like me or you don't. And whatever happens at the end, is going to happen at the end. But I'm going to let you know that I feel this way about you. And my confidence comes from how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want you to know that I'm going to, I'm going to be here. But I mean, whether it scared him or not, I don't, I don't think it did. I think it was more like, wow, you're really confident. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's what he would express to me. I, I do have one more question about that trip. Mm-hmm. Tulum. Was the Tulum comment him trying to like act like he was the millionaire and he was going to Tulum for business? Did he actually go to Tulum for business? <coughs> dead mouse. <coughs> dead mouse. Is he dead mouse? What the heck? You would probably know if he's dead mouse. <laughs> she would know. She would know. You look right in that camera right now and you <laughs> confirm that he is dead mouse. I can I cannot deny or confirm that he's Oh, very very politically correct. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, yeah, that conversation was really funny because it actually started in the garden and it was like, um, it's this whole thing where he was talking about Tulum, their whole entire conversation. And you pan over to Steven and he's talking about farm life and his mom, yeah. and he goes to the gym and all Kurt, when we, when the girls gathered together, 
um, we were like, so what did Kurt talk about? Like, you know, we were like sharing notes. And she, yeah, all he did was talk about Tulum. So when we finally got together and talked about Tulum at our um, bowling date, it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, are you a party boy? Because all you did in that conversation was talking about Tulum. And yeah. mm-hmm. he was like, no, it was business. And I was like, well, yeah, I actually went there for business. Did, did you go there for business? And it was like this whole conversation. It was just kind of like a light conversation at that point. But yeah. Um, yeah. We'll never know if he went to Tulum to party or for business. I literally don't know what he did there for business. I don't know what he did there for business, though. Unbelievable. I thought I thought we were bringing you on here and you would just answer all of our questions. I wish I could. Oh, boy. Well, we saw on Twitter after the finale, you said that Kurt told you he was falling in love with you on your second one-on-one date. What led to that? And do you think he fell out of love or he got scared or what changed from that point to the him choosing between you and Amanda um so like after our second date it was like we were kind of like champagne drunk in Mm -hmm. in the car um and he looked over at me and he mouthed I love you but Mm. it was like kind of joking so I remember like covering his mouth and just being giggly like we were just giggling like like little children yeah now we're going stop don't say that like you don't mean it and he was like laughing and I was laughing and um Mm -hmm. you know whether he was serious or not it doesn't matter he said it Um, and it's not really something you say, like playing around, but he did. And we were kind of joking about it. So obviously he said it on his way up, uh, the drive to Steven is I'm, I'm like, I'm in love. That was a bad idea. Kind of taking Carolyn on that Mm one-on-one. Um, and I think for him, it was more like, I think he came into this experience. You know, I'm speaking for him, obviously. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking he came into this experience thinking he was going to, you know, probably make a connection with someone meet someone maybe, but like not. It was, it was gonna be able. To, he was gonna be able to be in control. But I think yeah. when he met yeah. me and I met him, it was for us. It was like a big slap in the face. Like this is happening, and like we didn't know how to. Both of us didn't know how to handle it. Right. Like, I didn't think I was gonna get in there and meet. Like not only meet someone, but like meet someone that quickly. And it wasn't even like we even had like a few days to like settle in. And it was have like, that type of connection as well. Like it's different if what? you're like, oh yeah, I get, this could work with this guy. But like right. to see somebody and you're like, yo, yeah. I was, it was overwhelming for the both of us. Like mm-hmm. we didn't know how to like, and it came to a head. I think in camp, I was just like, you know, he's made it so you know clear how he feels. And I'm just like, I don't understand what all these feelings that I'm feeling. And then like you say this, and then this is happening in front of me. Like I was just trying to navigate how I was feeling. And it was just, yeah, it was just, it was very overwhelming. How did you deal with that? Cause I, again, it's almost a similar question to earlier, but like, having that instant draw and connection to somebody and they're also have it is first of all, got to be exciting. But second of all, you're like, well, this whole other thing is like, we're doing this in this like bubble as well. Mm -hmm. Do you Mm -hmm. think that was maybe some of his hesitation that he felt like this is just, this can only exist in the bubble the way it is. Or do you think it was just more of like, eventually this is going to fall apart and I can't get the questions answered that I want to and like, fuck it at this point. Um, I think that it was just so intense. Like it was just so, um, I'd say intense. It was so like real that I think it scared. I think it scared him more than me. For me, I was just like, this is wonderful. Like, mm. you know, mm-hmm. to meet someone like this and feel this intensely. Like I-, I was obviously on the other end of it. If I was like one of the bachelorettes like or whatever, and I had all yeah. these other people to date, and I could distract myself with all the other people. Like, that's yeah. what I, you know, how I felt. It would be different. But 
for him, he was like, I feel so strongly about her, but I'm having to date all these other women. So I think it was him also navigating all that. And, you know, I did feel for him in that sense because like, you know, he, he was interested in the other girls as well, but it was mm-hmm. like, he, he felt guilty for exploring it. And that's why I made sure to let him know, like, do your it's thing. Okay. Like it's, it's okay. Um, but I could definitely see him struggling. And I think for him, it was more like, do I just have this connection with her because we instantly connected, even yeah. though we, we built off of that. It wasn't like we just connected because of that instant thing. Like we built off of that. We had, we had our moments of, you know, um, hu- like our, our joking and, uh, deep conversations and you know it wasn't a lot of it wasn't shown like our, our playfulness and like our mm-hmm. flirtiness and banter and all that stuff yeah. uh, wasn't shown so we built off of that initial connection so we were like i'd say miles ahead and that scared him because he was like what am i doing if i feel this for her but i'm having to it was just a weird it's like a weird it's a very weird situation to kind of navigate but. i feel like for anybody in that position no matter what your background is what you do for a living like that's just got to be like like no there's no class on this you can't like Mm -mm. even if you talk to the people who are leads on other shows there's they they Mm -hmm. can't really help you like navigate that in the moment right i mean it's it's a matter of the heart like you cannot you just can't teach anyone or you can't help anyone or you can't like lead them like it's just they're gonna feel what they're gonna feel and that's it is what it is yeah absolutely I want to get into the second one-on-one date that you had with Kurt. So there's a lot of, again, a lot of hoopla that, you know, you were rude to the other girls because you were like, I'm going to get in my dress and I'm ready to go and like, I'm going to go. So I'm curious if, first of all, I I personally loved it. I was like, yes, girl, get in that dress. Be like, I'm ready to go, sir. Let's go. Come on. Let's, let's ride in this carriage. Um, Was that confidence from like what you said before with like manifesting or was that something that he said to you like if i get another chance to take you on a one-on-one it's going to be us a combination of both she's like (laughs) i manifested the shit out of that so it's really funny because yeah no so basically (laughs) it had to do with manifestation but regardless of that we were told to get ready okay some of the girls some of the girls were doing their makeup and hair okay and I put on I put on the gown. So instead of them putting on the gown and me doing my makeup and hair, it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, you know, they're like, okay, we'll get your makeup and hair. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I'll just do my hair in a ponytail and I'll just do some light makeup. Like, if it comes down to it, because we only would we only had like 30 minutes to get ready once we found out and we uh-huh. were told that. They're like, so get ready now because if it is you, you need to be ready to go. So for me, my makeup and hair is I don't really wear a lot of makeup anyways. Mm-hmm. So my biggest thing was. Uh, trying to figure out which dress I was going to wear. So once I put the dress on, it's really hard to tie in the back. Like I had a producer tied and everything. Um, once I had the dress on, I wasn't going to take it off because it's like there's it's laced in the back. Um, and mm-hmm. so I had like a little jacket on and that was my thing. That's me getting ready. So everyone was doing their hair and makeup and I had the, the gown on. Um, and then I found that I was going. So I was like, cool, I'll just put my hair in a ponytail and I'll just do my, some mascara and a little bit of blush and I'm good to go. Um, and that was pretty much what it was. It wasn't like, oh yeah, well guys, I'm going to go on this date no matter what. Like, no, it was just like, I'm mm-hmm. getting ready just like you guys are getting ready. But no one picks up on that. No one picks up on the girls doing their hair and makeup. They only pick up on me wearing the dress. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <sighs> Anyways. At the end of this date was, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. This was the turning the camera off portion of, of the show. Is that correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. Care to explain what happened when the cameras went off? So, again, during the um, the date, they just show us having, like, an intense conversation. Yeah. That was pretty much, like, 
10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of our four hour date. It's a lot of time. Four or five hours. Yeah. Um, And all you see is like five or 10 minutes of a conversation that was pretty much, that's it. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And then like we had conversations about what music festivals we we're going to go to and what places we were going to visit and like how mm-hmm. life was going to look out after this, but that wasn't shown. And another really nice, beautiful moment that wasn't shown was us sitting there like giggling at each other and then the part playing. And I remember like one of my, like it was like a, a classic song, classical song that I love. I didn't know the name of. And I remember it coming on and I was like, do you want to teach me how to waltz? Because I wasn't there on the, um, uh, Cotillion date. date. Yeah. And then he, I was like, I heard you just taught the girls how to waltz. You want to teach me how to waltz? He's like, you don't know how to waltz? I was like, no. So we got up on the grass and we literally, we waltzed for like two minutes, but we ended up just like swaying for like 30 minutes. And it was just us head, forehead to forehead, nose to nose, smelling each other, just being in the moment, <laughs> kissing, Caramons, holding each other. It's just it. all that. And like under the stars with the heart playing, like literally 20 to 30 minutes of us just doing that as part mm-hmm. of the date. That wasn't shown. Um, so we were literally, I, I remember thinking about that date back before the show even came out. And I was like, if they showed that date, how it would ha- how it happened in my, like how yeah. it happened for real, you will literally watch me and him falling in love. Yeah. Like that's the date that we were like, okay, like we can't fight it anymore. Um, so what happened when the cameras turned off, we were just having core making out and we just wanted some privacy and we could get away with it so like there's a producer in the front seat there's yeah. a driver we don't have any privacy there's no music playing we're fully yeah. mic'd i mean mm-hmm. there's not much you Turn can the do camera. yeah just take the camera down and make out go to town exactly so like he yeah. got to, you know that's why you could see him sneaking because he uh-huh. was trying to do it to where other producers didn't <laughs> see him but he turned off the camera because we just wanted a little bit of privacy like we we're yeah. just kissing and talking and you know we thought like if we had audio that if they didn't have camera we could probably get away with a little bit of the conversations we were having but yeah uh, yeah that was pretty much what it was. We just want a little bit more privacy. Okay. I was going to say, um, with everything that happened, mm-hmm. did you ever feel from him that there was like a serious, an actual serious thing going on with him and Amanda? And I know that like you probably didn't use your time to like discuss any of the other girls, which is like a very smart move. Mm-hmm. But like, did you ever at any point like see him with Amanda and you're like, okay, this is actually, this could be some competition I, I i'm not saying that you thought of it that way other than the camping thing yeah the yeah. whole lap but, yeah. date, you know all that stuff yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think was it was it i think it was i think it was like the camp because they had gone on the boat date and i wasn't around for that obviously um, yeah and then camp happened and then that whole thing happened i was like oh cool they're sitting she's sitting on his lap i'm like that's one thing but then like <laughs> katie was sitting with me and she was like no but they're like, he's like all over him. Like, it's good. It's fine. And then she's like, just look. And I look over and it's like, he was like legitimately groping her. It wasn't mm. like she was just sat on his lap and her arm was around him. Like he was full blown, like grabbing her ass. And it just was very, like, very distaste, distasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that moment, I was like, okay, there's definitely an attraction there. Um, for me, I didn't want to be subjected to that. So that's why I just went to the bathroom and walked away. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that happened. And then, then around the pool party time when we got more privacy and like obviously we had our own conversations in the cabana with the fingers and you know we've we've said some choice words about the finger stuff that was happening during that time i think you were <laughs> yeah so it's actually funny it's like i had too much to drink that day and it's, we're sitting in the sun so i had put myself in time out in the cabana so <laughs> i was like i'm a little bit too drunk right now i'm gonna go chill out by myself so i sat in there and i was like i have privacy the curtains are closed there's no cameras in here obviously i might 
mm-hmm. and I'm sitting in there and then, um, you know, he's having his conversations with other women, which again, that wasn't an issue. Like I wasn't jealous of his de- developing relationships with them. It was just it happening in my face. It was just like, I didn't want to be disrespected. That's all it was. It was yeah. a boundary I was setting, which I think was fair. Like, you know, when we were sitting on the bonfire, I could see Whitney looking over at her and Amanda and she was like bummed. And I think that's what kind of triggered me. I was like, okay, that's not fair for both of us to be watching that. Mm-hmm. But the pool party said it differently because the cabanas were closed off. So anyways, I was in there not expecting anything. I was just chilling and he comes in there and finds me. Um, and that's when we have our conversation and, you know, he had his conversation with Amanda, but like I was giving him space at that point and he was still finding his way to me and we always just gravitated towards each other. Um, so as much as he was developing his connections with Amanda, he never, he, he just couldn't keep away from me. Like we were just drawn to each other. So for me, it was like, yeah, I'm developing this connection with Amanda and Whitney even. And, um, but I'm here. Hey, I'm here. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like it was just, it was just like, oh, there's always reassurance always, you know? Yeah. Speaking of reassurance, we saw in the finale, um, you know, he said, you know, in so many words, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this from you after you said, I'm, I'm kind of scared and nervous. Can you explain your emotions in that point? Like going into that level one to 10 confidence that it was you and if it was anything other than a 10, which I feel like it, it was probably pretty close to that, was there anything that developed in that time? Because I think they did a pretty good job of not showing like everybody with each other the entire time after the, the camping scenario. Um, what was the confidence level going into that? It was actually very pretty. It was probably way lower than that. So we went. Oh, to really? Our boat, yeah, we went to our boat date and it was like I can immediately change census shift. And you have to think about at that point we had uh, family night, which is my, my best friend, Alex came, mm-hmm. we had, um, uh, hometowns. And then we had that elimination, which we weren't like, all we had was that little like mixer that we were there. And then we had to like pick the guy. Yeah. And by this point, by the time I saw him at the boat date, I hadn't seen him for like a week ish. So okay. it was all, there was a lot we needed to talk about and he was very off and it was just like, he was asking me the same questions again. So because I was just so numbed by the same questions that I've already answered so many times, like I told Mm -hmm. you by this point, I had already told him that I can give him two weeks out of the month. Um, because of my cut the way, you know, my custody agreement with my son works. Um, I have, he, his dad has him one week. I have him one week. So I could visit Kurt two weeks out of the month. Um, he's an Mm -hmm. hour flight for me. Um, my mom's in uh, law, she does family law. So I had resources at hand and we ever had to figure out anything with custody. But I told him all this stuff and I was like, I have a great relationship with my ex. So like if we were dating for six months to a year and it came down to me having to move, like we would figure that out. But like we need to see we're even compatible away from the cameras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And that was the whole thing with me going, we'll figure it out as we go. And he didn't really love that answer. I think he wanted for me for me to say, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. I'll move yeah. to Charlotte after this and let's figure it out. No, I was like, let's just see how compatible we are. Let's have fun together. Um, and he wanted just, he wanted me to drop, I don't know whether he wanted me to drop everything or what, but I gave him so much reassurance. So because he kept asking me the same questions, I was like, it's just not getting into his head. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the boat day, and then we had like a few drinks and we had a good time after that. By the time tennis day came, I'm like, if you don't already know now, I'm like about a six. Even though he said, I love you, you were still like, I'm not, I don't believe you. I mean, I was just like, I don't know. It's just like there was some hesitation with him and it was the same things over and over the same questions. And, you know, on the tennis date, you don't see him asking me, but he's asking me again, the same questions. And I'm like, 
at this point, I was like, do I want to be with someone that I have to reassure so much? Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it came into, do I even want to do this? And, you know, I, as, as much reassurance as I gave him, I was like, you know, I can't like be doing this the entire relationship. So my, I was holding on to, let's get away from this experience um let's get away from the cameras maybe it's like a nervous tick that he has that he keeps bringing up this question yeah and maybe he's just like wanting some kind of reassurance and the only way he can get reassurance in terms of like his nervousness is me re-explaining to him how this is going to work afterwards i was like we'll get away from the cameras we'll have a private conversation with no cameras around and we'll figure it out from there so my confidence started going down after that because i was like do i want to do this so by the time the finale came around and he expressed everything you could already see i was just like all right it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. they don't show me saying it, but I was like, I hope you made the right decision and I wish you the best of luck. And that's when I was like, can I go now? Yeah. We knew there was no way you just looked deadpan in a camera. And was it was like, actually, it was no, it was actually, <laughs> he said that. And I was trying to keep from laughing when he told me that his heart belonged to someone else. So I actually kind of bit my lip. I was like, and then that's when he was, that's when I stepped back and he was like, do you have anything to say? And I said, well, um, I hope you made the right decision and I wish you the best of luck. And then we were stood around there and there was no producers around. So I'm like, only cameras. And we can't really talk to the camera people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no one to give direction on what happened next. He had an, uh, he had an earpiece in. So I looked at the camera directly because I was talking to the executive producer, essentially. I was like, can I go now? Like, is anyone going to answer? Is anyone going to answer me? And that's when he was like, yeah, you can go. And I was like, okay, bye. Like, see ya. Mm-hmm. Like, you threw that flower down. Mixie figured out the name of the flower. Do you know what the name of the flower is? No. It's a calla lily. Calla lily. Calla? Spelled calla? No H. No H. But yeah, same exact thing. I know. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They were probably like, who are you picking? <laughs> well, I'm picking calla. You know, there's a thing called calla. Should we, should we go get some of those? Real <laughs> they should have given me like an Amanda flower or something. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what that would be, but we, yeah, they need to make one because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is one. Um, That's funny. Yeah. That flower actually, the funny part about that flower, I don't know if any of the girls have mentioned it, but um, we were supposed to write a one word that defined our relationship. Yes. I was going to ask you about that. There was like a tag on the flower. Yeah. So everyone, so Martin gave us a note and I'll probably post that note or I'll send it to you guys so you guys can post it. And it's like, okay, here's your dress. Here's your flower. And it has a tag. And we want you to pick, I want you to pick one word that describes your relationship with Kurt. Because when you see Kurt, I want you to give him this flower. Okay. Um. So it's funny because when I, when I got there, Kurt is like, do you want to give me the flower? Like, do you want to hand it to me? I was like, no, not yet. Because I kind of sensed there was something off. Literally. Because I looked at him and I was like, what is it? He like, you wouldn't. And he literally was like, do you want to give me the flower? And I was like, right now. And I was like, no, not yet. And I was like, what do you have to say kind of thing? Um, but the, what I used with the word that I used was infinity sign. Oh. Because because uh, after our second date in the car, before we even went to the back seat and um, turned off the camera, mm. oh. when, he, when he mouthed, I love you, jokingly, he was drawing on my hand or my arm. He was drawing the infinity sign guys in your hand play yeah i know i know it's just like the only thing we can get away really gross i'm gonna have to shower after this whoa i've never i've never been so disgusted by hand play in my life it's just like what we could get it's so sexual we we had no privacy so we were like literally just like finger in this in in the hole literally literally we're just whatever any windows we can give each other um but he did that he was like drawing like an infinity sign on my hand and my arm and then I was like what do you what is that and he kind of explained like me and you 
And then he would say that. He wouldn't say me and you forever, but he'd say me and you and then he'd draw the infinity sign. I'm going to steal that move. Can I steal that move? Is it a good move? Should I do it? You should do steal it. that move. <laughs> do it. Okay. Do right, it. I'm going to steal that move. But yeah, so that's what my, my note said. Mine was the infinity sign. Um, okay. But yeah, that's what I said to him. I said, I, I hope you made the right decision and I wish you the best of luck. And he asked me for a hug and we gave each other a very long hug, but it was more like I was comforting him for dumping me versus him comforting me for dumping me. Um, so it was like I was more giving him comfort. And then I was like, okay, can I go now? Like, I'm done here. So all this happened. I mean, you went through a lot in this situation. I mean, you you left home. You left your son at home for a while. And this is mm-hmm. what ends to you. You, w- you went through a lot. I, I mean, I don't want to play devil's advocate here, and I don't like doing it. But watching mm-hmm. the show as it played out, did you get any more sense of like the struggle that he was going on? Because as a viewer with like no skin in the game, it did look like he was a mess the entire time of like just trying yeah. to deal with the scenario. Like I, I don't want it to yes. be like to be like she was just bad mouthing. Like and she right, came up right. like I feel like most people watching that were just like this guy was just a struggle bus the entire time trying to deal with the emotions <laughs> it's, it's, of it. It is sad to watch, but for the same the same thing is like I made it very clear in the beginning what my life was. And for me, it was more like I wasn't humiliated or embarrassed that he dumped me literally. It was more of like, I, you wasted my time. I felt like it was a waste of time. So that's what the slap in the face was like. I literally told you how my life was from the first conversation for this very for this very reason so that you can have all the information at hand to make the right decisions. And there was multiple times, I think it was like two times that I was like, okay, like just let me go. I was like, I have a business to run at home. I have a son to raise. So if you're really this unsure, just let me go. Just mm-hmm. let me go. And he wouldn't, he'd be like, no, I want to work on it. I want to work on this, this feeling that I have, this insecurity, this, this, this question, this, you know, how I'm going to make it work with you, all this stuff. And I was like, and he was like, I want you to stay and like help me through it kind of thing. Like just be, be patient with me. So that's what I held on to. So by the time that it happened at the end, I was just so like annoyed. I was just like, why didn't you just let me go? Like I could have gone weeks ago and then you would have had probably an easier time getting to know the other women. Like if you mm-hmm. knew that that lifestyle wasn't for you, your, your feelings and your standards are completely valid, but this is my life and it's never going to change. So why waste my time and like wait six weeks and not do it earlier when I've asked you to please let me go if this isn't going to work out and he never let me go until the very last moment and it was just that's what it was more of like an annoyance like you wasted my time you know yeah it's one of those things like as a viewer at home you watch and you're like I feel like I know where this is going and I'm not going to like the payoff Mm -hmm. I want to get into you because it's it's been as a woman watching reality tv it's not normal to see a really strong confident you know mm-hmm. alpha almost type of woman that knows what she wants take it or leave it this is what it is what got you to that point because you know as i think every woman can relate to we all have to have like life events and you know personal work internally to like get to that point so what kind of things led you to be the type of woman that you are now i think like i mentioned before is like i was in an emotionally verbally and mentally abusive relationship before so you know the last two years i was with my my ex-partner um it was more like survival like in terms of like daily things so i was never really able to heal from things i needed to heal anyways what people usually heal from i i had to take on a lot of like the baggage of trying to save this marriage and i was doing more mm-hmm. more like for social social like society 
society like standards. Like I have to be married. I have a, I have a child with this person and you know, I, I, we have to stay together. Like, so I, I, I betrayed myself every day that I stayed in this marriage because I was trying to stay with what society said. So when people are like, Oh my God, she's divorced and she has it. I'm like, first of all, my, my son came out of love as mm-hmm. bad as our relationship was. He was came out of love. He was planned. Um, and I left a toxic marriage. I'm like, that is a, a big feat in my book versus Absolutely. staying in it. If I had stayed mm-hmm. in an abusive relationship, like I, to me, that would be more a failure. Um, so after getting out of it, obviously I had to completely rebuild myself from like yeah. literally like ground up. Um, mm-hmm. and now I'm at this point where like, I know who I am. Um, I know I have a lot of confidence because of what I've overcome. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not like I have this confidence and I'm like not breakable. Like I just, I put up a, I, I have to like put up a front in order for myself to believe it so that I can, so that I can survive through my daily things because I'm still triggered. I'm still triggered. I'm still, um, I'm still healing. Um, and I have to put up this, like it's manifestation. Like I've told you, I have to put up this front. So putting on the dress before I was going on the date so that I, so that I would manifest that into my life. So I would believe it so that I would, you know, lead with that. When I put up this, like, I am confident it's more so that I believe it. So like affirmations, the more you say something, the more you believe it, the more you act a certain way, the more you, you become that person. So that's pretty much where like my confidence comes from is just me having to like rebuild myself from scratch and, you know, having to, having to do it with a child and, you know, you know, going against society's standards and all that, all that stuff. So it's, it's a daily thing. It's not like I'm this person and I'm like, okay, she's unbreakable. It's like, no, the reason why I'm like the way I am is because I'm very breakable. So I have to be very protective of like my energy in a, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. So strong emotionally, but also strong physically, because we saw you having to throw that fucking Sprinter van door open multiple times. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, yeah, you were in charge of the door. No, I literally took I was like, guys, it's fine. I'll do it because they were like, we just can't. Can you open it? Can we figure it out? And like, we all had press on nails. We were in a COVID bubble. Like, yeah. I, if we broke the press on nails and we were in the middle of a date, like we were screwed. Like, so like, I was like, I'll do it. I know how to hold it a certain way where like, I won't push on my nails and then I'll like hold it a certain, like I know how to jerk it. So they're like, okay, cool. You do it. And I was, I just took up, I took it upon myself to do the sprinter door. It was so funny seeing you like leverage, you put your leg like in the, wedged it into the edge and then like yeah. use your whole body weight to pull it. It was just so funny. And then you went, so- I know that was fun. Tell us about Martin. Tell us about your relationship with Martin, because we obviously adore the man. So we always like to ask, <laughs> was there any like interactions with you and Martin that we didn't get to see or any fun stories you have about Martin? Martin, he never really broke Martin. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was very much, I think maybe with the guys he did a little bit more. He would do funny things where like he was in between like telling us, you know, announcing something where you could see a little glimpse of him. Um, mm-hmm. I think when he spoke about his wife and his daughters is when we got to see Martin, like as Martin, like the, the human <laughs> Martin, the man, Martin, the man and not Martin, the butler. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He would speak about how important love is and how he's found that person and how he, he's hoping that we find that person mm. in Kurt or Steven that he, that he's found in his wife. So heartwarming. And then he talked about his daughters all the time. And like, I see you, my daughters and you guys. And, you know, he, he got involved. He got involved. Sorry. He got um, invested in our, like, it was like, mm-hmm. he tried not to because I wasn't his gig. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he couldn't help it. Like, even when I was leaving, they don't show it. But he was like, I am so sorry. 
And like, yeah. I wasn't even going to cry for Kurt. I was about to cry because of Martin. Because <laughs> I felt. He said so he bad. was nervous. He said he was nervous when you came out that he was nervous. He was like, oh my God, like, is she going to, am I going to get in trouble for this? Like, he was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. He was like, she's not going to hit me, right? Yeah. You guys spoke to him? Yep. We have oh, an interview yeah. with him coming out. It's great. Oh, and you want to know the best part? What is it? He's listened to every episode. He knows everything about us. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Amazing. I love that you guys are finally going to get to talk to him like a dream. Oh, it was great. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, um, I was like, going to cry because of Martin was more than I was going to cry about. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. Like, it's <laughs> – I was, I was like, more in shock, which is why I didn't show that much emotion. But I was uh-huh. severely, severely heartbroken the months uh, after filming. That's great because that's what I was going to ask you. Like, how mm-hmm. was the process after you left? Because obviously, like, you're you have an NDA. You can't talk mm-hmm. to anybody about what mm-hmm. just happened. Mm-hmm. You have your, you know, you have Annie or other girls that you were close with on the show that you can talk to, but you're very limited to who you can converse with. So, like, how was that processing it? How long did it take you? Are you still it, like, where are you at with that whole thing? If I'm being honest, like if I'm going to show you like the human me and take that down this wall that I have. Please do. I was I went I went I've never been through depression. I went through depression after filming. It was weird. Like, yeah, I didn't do laundry for three or four days at a time. I wouldn't do my dishes for three or four days at a time. I think it was just like the stimulation. Oh, that's not normal. No, I literally I'm like, no, like I have a schedule. I do everything like. Little things that interest, interested me, I think it took me about three months after filming for me to cook. And I love cooking, but like mm-hmm. I couldn't get in my kitchen. Like I couldn't enjoy that. Like I just, it was wow. little things like that. And it was like the fact that I couldn't speak to him to get some answers because of the NDA, because he was in a relationship. And it's like, even with an ex, you can send a random text and talk, but like there was contractually binding not to speak to each other. So it was mm-hmm. like more like a, more of a thing. So it's like, at the death of a relationship, like the death of a person you can't even get answers from. So it's like you're having to play the scenarios. I had nightmares for three months. Like I would literally wake up sweating just from like playing. Like I would edit the the filming in my head. And I was like, this is, did it really happen? And then I felt like I was, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I was like, did that really happen? Like, did mm-hmm. I really just do that? And if it wasn't for the girls being around, like Andrea calling her, like I could literally call her about anything. Annie literally cried to Andrea. Like I would call her and she'd be like, what's up, babe? And I w- it would just be like tears. She was, yeah. he's literally the only person that I, even like cl- my closest best friends are like, she can just pull it out of me. And when I needed to cry, I knew to call Andrea to cry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Annie and I just being able to talk about it over and over again and us knowing that we could do that without annoying each other. Cause we were like, no, but Cause you both experienced the same thing. You both got to yeah. the same point. Like how rare is that to have somebody right, who was exactly. right there with you dealing with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another reason why she's so amazing. I'll just keep saying <laughs> She is amazing. But yeah, it was, it was a very, very hard. Um, and, uh, yeah, during, I think it was starting the beginning of the show airing. I started like therapy once a week, even I was yeah. doing therapy before the show, but it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I, I cried randomly. Like I'd be out with my friends and I would just randomly start crying. And I, I don't, I don't cry. I don't, re- yeah. I don't cry. And they'd be like, Carolyn, Oh, like, what did you go through? And like, I was just, it was just like, um, yeah, it was just like a question of my own reality. And it was just like, I really cared for this person and they just didn't choose me. And I was like, the rejection really hurt. And yeah, it was tough. 
was watching how was watching it back because like okay you know it wraps you have what like three four months before it starts airing were you like kind of like you said kind of getting out of that depression that you were in and then all of a sudden you got hit with <laughs> you it again because you have again. to watch it pretty much it was like oh, i was just you know and then it's coming back it's like a wave um, you were riding yeah it's like you know you it's the weirdest thing ever no one watches the relationship back on national television no yeah. one does mm-hmm. so you literally go you go through the same exact emotions that every episode shows you. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling angry in an episode, you're going to be feeling angry in person watching it back. If you're feeling the love, you're feeling the love. It's the weirdest thing ever. And that's why I was like so ready for um, the last episode to air. I, was, I just want to be done with this roller coaster. Like mm-hmm. I just want to heal. I just want to heal from this and move on and just like start the next chapter of my life, to be honest with you. Do you just... feel like that book is close? Like that whole chapter of you and Kurt, do you feel like it's fully closed? Is there any possibility of a of a reconnect? Have you guys talked or seen each other? What's going on with that? Um, we haven't seen each other, but he immediately reached out to me um, pretty much in like feedings and uh, after him and Amanda broke up and obviously we're not, this is all in private because we're not supposed to be talking, but we, mm-hmm. we can't keep away from each other. Yeah. Yeah. He basically admitted to me that he made a big mistake and he was very, very sorry. And, you know, where we would take it from there, we didn't know. We just like, let's just be friends and like be there for each other. And we kind of were. And then, you know, I just realized like this isn't going to work. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of cut it off. Um, but but you haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. And I think it's more like if we see each other, it's like kind of game over in a certain sense. Um, because yeah. we're, we haven't seen each other. I think we could keep our feelings at bay and like we can, you know, keep it chill. But if you're in the same room, maybe not. No. Yeah. No. 100%. So like, obviously like he's dating. He's probably, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's dating other people, but he's probably dating other people. I'm going to go on dating other people. I just, yeah. it's not a focus for me. Like to be like, Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Kurt, like it's just, you know, we had a relationship and it was what it was. And, Whatever was what's meant to be is gonna happen, and what's not meant to be is not gonna happen. And you know, I I don't know. I can't I can't tell you. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so weird. It's a very weird, different situation. So whatever happens, happens. You know. What did you learn from all this? Because I hope there was at least a a takeaway for you to to like grow as a human being. Do you feel like you mm-hmm. got something that you can look back on now and say, well, at, at least I got this out of it. I got confirmation that um, I it was more of like a, I'm proud of myself moment for staying yeah. true to myself the entire time. Yeah. Um, I didn't hold back. I told him I was falling in love with him when I felt like I needed to tell him when I was falling in love with him. I mm-hmm. spoke to him in conversations. I I didn't pretend to be someone I wasn't like, you know, when camp came around and we had our conversation and it was a disagreement, whatever it was, drama, whatever anyone wants to call it. Um, I wanted to make clear like this is my relationship um, standards and my relationship expectations from you. And I don't expect to be disrespected. Um, and I, that's something I would do in real life. And I wasn't going to hold back just because the cameras weren't around. Not that I was like belligerent, but like right. I, I stay true to myself. I wasn't going to be disrespected just because I was on a TV show dating. Doesn't mean I was going to sit there on a bonfire and watch someone that I'm falling for, like falling in love with, like completely grope someone else. And it's just yeah. like, I wouldn't accept that in real life. So I'm not gonna accept that in person. So that's why I walked away. And it's like, I stay true to me. If I had stayed in that bonfire and just sat there and watched it, I would have been betraying myself. And mm-hmm. that's something that I learned is, okay, you did like, 
you should be proud of yourself for staying true to you. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was more of like, you didn't back down as much as like the girls maybe felt that I was a little bit overconfident or too confident. I, I, I stayed true to me and I didn't do it to make you feel worse about yourself. I just wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bow down and bend down just so that you felt better about yourself in a sense. Like I wasn't like Mm -hmm. me, you know, I wasn't my intention to make anyone feel like less. It was just, I, I had a thing to do and I had a son to get back to. So if it wasn't going to work, I needed to make sure of it. And that was just, that was simply it. Well, speaking of your son, I wanted to know how incredible was that reunion after being away from him? Like, what was that? How did you feel? Were you just the second you got in that car? Were you just like, get me to the airport so I can see my son? Yes. So that's funny that you mentioned that. I actually forgot I have a video that I... Oh, I would you love to see not. that. I need to post it. I actually, I actually am, am meaning to post it. Yes, I forgot please. about it. So you just reminded me. Please You're so it's that. him. It's him. Yeah. It's him running to me at the airport. Oh. And we're just like smelling each other. And the hair just like rolling. Yeah. As he's, oh. Yeah. And I'm holding him and I can smell him. And that's like the thing I miss the most is his smell. Oh. And mm. I was just, we were holding each other. He was just like telling me like, the randomest things that he just started learning, like um, car, like he just wanted to start any kind of conversation with me. He's like roller coaster, digger, car, like just because he wanted to connect with me in some way in that moment. And I was just like hugging him and kissing him. I'm like, yeah, baby. Yeah. And I was just holding him. And, um, you know, I would just, yeah, I was desperate to get back after, you know. Hi guys, this is editor Steve. While I'm editing through this podcast, we had a major issue with the sound uh, on Carolyn's mic kind of starting here-ish to the point that we basically needed to re-record with her. So now going forward, you're going to hear our pickup of the interview and also in pure classic right reality fashion, her audio is still overmodulated very much, but not as bad as the audio you heard before that you're not hearing. So we're going to pick up here um, and we're just going to keep trucking. Because that's what we do at the number one. We just keep trucking. So uh, here it is. The uh, interview continues. All right. Moving on. I wanted to talk a little bit about the um, family day. Everybody else's, uh, all the other girls kind of had their parents come in. But we had uh, your friend Alex, who definitely was very interested in Steven. And I'm upset that that didn't work out for him. But regardless, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, what happened with your family not coming and kind of the backstory on that? Yeah, so when we signed up for the show, um, we do like a regular questionnaire survey thing where we put in like, you know, emergency contacts and who are your closest four or five friends and mm-hmm. your ex. And I didn't fill that in. Um, Good call. I had to put in my ex-husband because he's, um, I had to get him as an emergency contact in case they needed to reach him any for any reason. Um but no ex-boyfriends and then it was parents on there as well so when family night happened we we didn't know who was coming for us so that's why you see us leaning out into the hallway to kind of listen for who's coming because we Mm -hmm. kind of wanted to be a little bit prepared um even though the hallway is very long and then the stairs so we really couldn't hear but when i went downstairs and saw alex was there i was surprised um but i also wasn't because I have a very close knit um, circle of best friends. There's like six of us, and mm-hmm. we've had a group chat since I, like 2013, and we've been best friends since like high school. So they would have been the ones coming versus my parents, anyways. Um, my friends know me like more than my parents do. My parents are 
my dad has another family. I have another four sisters on my dad's side. So he has that going on. My mom has a business um, running. So like I would have felt guilty if they had to come and do the seven day quarantine anyways. Mm -hmm. But two of my best friends or three of my best friends were pregnant actually. So three out of the six of us all, obviously three out of the five were pregnant. And then the other two have babies. So, I mean, to do a seven day quarantine on its own, just kind of cancel them all out. Yeah. Um, and then my brother was supposed to come on, but it was literally his birthday that day. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it was his birthday that day. So I was actually like, oh, maybe he'll come and surprise me for his birthday on and <laughs> come do this. But um, obviously he, he couldn't make it either. He was in the middle of closing his house. And I found all of this out after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I knew my friends were pregnant and that wasn't going to happen. But um, yeah, so that's what happened with that. So when I saw Alex, I was surprised as well. But they gathered you know, all of the resources and thought Alex was the first best person to send in because one, obviously, you know, with dating in here in the house was really serious. And Alex just brought that kind of like lightness that I needed anyway. So they knew that one, he'd ask the right questions and two, he'd do it in like a very funny, light way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up working out either way. And I'm, I'm glad my parents weren't subjected to like the whole filming process and, and to people breaking them apart. And, you know, even some of my other friends and my brother is just not that kind of person at all anyway. So he would have been really doing me a huge favor to be showing up. Um, yeah. So that's what happened. I mean, it, it was what it was and I was thankful that it happened the way it did. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the story behind that. Do you understand though why people were like, oh, this fits into her, like the, the edit that some people, the people that didn't like you were like, look, her family doesn't even want to show up for her. You like, right. like, I mean, for those people, like you get it, right? No, for sure. Also at the same time, I think you can see where people are like. The way it looked. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I don't even know. I, they, there was one friend that they could have called and they didn't. It was one of my best friends actually. Um, so I don't know if they just called one person to get them on for me just to have one person. That could have been a thing. But mm-hmm. I, I, like, I definitely understand where like everyone was like, oh my God, she's so shady. Her family's not even showing up. And it's like, I didn't even know who was going to show up. But yeah, I can, yeah, I mean, I fully understand because, you know, I get one side of what's going on and it's like, Carolyn's not answering any questions. And then you get the other side where it's like, we don't even get to see who her family right. is. Like, what is she hiding kind of thing? So right. I definitely understood that. Yeah. And there was like, like a, uh, we're going to get into Twitter now because there was a lot of people like just, just giving, saying red flags to a bunch of things that obviously you had no control over. One thing was the fact that your parents were there. They were like, red flag. I want to talk a little bit about the live tweeting because you, a lot of the girls, I mean, I'm sure everybody got hate, right, from the show, but you definitely got the bulk of it. And you did not shy away from just calling them out on on Twitter. What was your thought process on that? How was live tweeting just your whole Twitter situation? Tell us about that. Tweeting um, for the show, I felt was like a fourth, like, I guess, dimension or like a like a an overall like um, other side to the whole experience because we were live tweeting with we were live tweeting with the audience. So we got to kind of give them a little bit of it, you know insight on not so much like on the edit or like behind the scenes but you know with the assets that they gave us and like the gifts and the Mm -hmm. pictures we were able to build like another picture um on the show so i i like tweeting during the show because i felt like if i was watching a show and that was happening i would be more interested in it and i also kind of felt like i was giving a little bit more of my story um so when you know the hate started coming on it just gave 
like the, the enjoyment of me watching the show back kind of started to go away. Mm-hmm. So leading into the week and knowing that every Thursday was coming and watching and thinking about watching the episode and having to live tweet, it started to actually cause me anxiety to do. But I was like, I have to kind of share my side. And if I don't, mm-hmm. then it's going to kind of be confirmation for the people who are hating in a way to say like, oh, look, she's hiding. Um, so for me, I enjoyed it at first before all the hate started. And when the hate started, it started to become more of like a like a chore. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like handling the hate on Twitter, it was like, it was, um, yeah, it was definitely really hard. But I think once I started to realize that like, these people really didn't know me for who I was. Um, I started to take it less personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say therapy definitely helped because I was going to therapy once a week. Um, but I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give that up. I didn't want to give up the that experience for the people that were watching and for the audience. So mm-hmm. I, I just loved it. Whenever people were rude to you, you just reply back, thanks for watching. It's just like, <laughs> it was an amazing comeback to these people that were just like, you know, coming to conclusions based off of a 45 minute edit of you. Right. I'm just like, thank you. Like, thanks for the giving me the, the view, I guess. Or like, I don't know. It was, yeah, I didn't know how else to respond. I'm just like, well, it is what it is at this point. Was there any like um, absolutely wild or like things that you just looked at where you're just like you had to laugh? Is there anything you can remember? Let me try to think. Like other than like the narcissist, possessive and jealous thing. <laughs> yeah. Like how which... are people just diagnosing you on Twitter? <laughs> And then, like, someone, someone said it's, like, psycho, I don't even know the word, but that, to me, was, like, um, I, at first, like, I told you, it was, it was, like, a sting, but then I'm, like, it's literally, like, text, like, they're all using the same thing, so I'm guessing, like, they're all, like, meeting in group chats and, like, using the same, I don't know. Mm. It's, like you said, it's really weird for someone to, like, diagnose you off of, like, 20 minutes of TV once a week. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. But, yeah. That's just, I, I just, that that whole aspect of it is just something I think that people don't realize is that not Mm -hmm. only are you struggling to watch all this back knowing what the ending is and all of that but now you have Mm -hmm. these random people on twitter trying to act like they know you better than you know yourself but the other thing is like they are also like basing their opinion on like this character of me so this character of carolyn so Mm -hmm. uh, once i started seeing it also from this this side which was like okay they are literally talking about Carolyn, the character on Joe Millionaire, like that's their way of engaging in a way. So once I saw that, I was like, okay, they're just, they're just engaging with whoever's on Twitter talking Mm -hmm. about the show. And they don't necessarily mean it because sometimes I would respond and say, thanks for watching. And, um, I don't know if I cut out or not. Um, I would say thanks for watching. And a lot of them would turn and be like, oh, you know, actually thank you for, for the entertainment. Like, you know, it's all fun. It's all fun and games at the end of the day. Like, yeah we I love watching the show and thank you for like whatever thank you for like participating so like there was a little bit of a shift there and I was like okay they're just literally engaging in the show Mm -hmm. yeah that makes it better I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's you have to look at the silver lining when you're in this position I'm sure you do it's not people would literally I don't even know I can yeah it's just it's just crazy it's Okay, I want to get into something that happened recently. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, your interview with Reality Steve went out. And mm-hmm. that, you know, I think kind of changed the tide of how people saw you. It was kind of like the first time that you really got to speak for yourself outside of someone editing you a certain way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Kurt went on Instagram and said that he didn't regret picking you. How did that feel 
Like, where are you at now with that because of this whole situation? What's going on now? Um, I just... <laughs> I think that if I was the bachelor on a show, I would just be a lot more diplomatic in the way where it's like, I wouldn't go on my story and like bash someone I just dated, mm-hmm. essentially, because like, it was very clear like how he felt about me and how I felt about him. So for him to kind of dismiss that by going, yeah, I don't, I don't regret picking her. It's kind of like, but you're just making yourself look bad because you, you dated me in a way. And it was just kind of like, it was just kind of like, well, it was unnecessary. Um, I didn't watch the story, but I had several people send it to me, which is another thing with the the, the whole show. I'm like, when is it going to be over? Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was just kind of like, it was just kind of like, cool. Like, I, I guess it speaks more about him than it does about me in a way. I don't I don't know how else to, yeah. Just... Yeah. I mean, it's tough. And then I he al- I also saw that, you know, all of a sudden he unfollowed you and then Amanda unfollowed you. Like, are you hurt by their reaction? Oh, boy. I didn't see that. Jeez. You didn't, Steven? I didn't see that. I'm got to get into Reddit. <laughs> I'm not good with, like, tracking who is following who and stuff like that. That's, like, outside my... Uh... Outside my skill set, if you will, just a fucking awesome <laughs> podcaster. Got it. That's Mixie. I got yeah. This, we balance each other out. Yeah. <laughs> Mixie's the co-host slash social media coordinator, if you will. Got it. <laughs> got it. Well, I didn't even know he unfollowed me until I got several messages about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, he unfollowed you. How, how do you feel? And it's like in my inbox or my uh, request folder. I'm just like, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. I spoke my side of the story and. Amanda, I'm following me. Like, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Like she, she doesn't want that kind of, she doesn't want that reminder and that energy in her life. Mm-hmm. And that's, I completely understand that. But, um, with Kerr, it was just kind of like the moment I spoke up about, you know, my side of things, it was like too much to, to listen to, I guess. Yeah. Um, either way, everyone has their right to unfollow. I actually did it this morning. So, um, Oh, you unfollowed him. Yeah, I just did. Good for you. It just showed up on my feed and I was like, oh, reminder, unfollow. It mm-hmm. is, yeah. Were you expecting that kind of reaction from him or were you hurt by it? I wasn't hurt by it. I wasn't surprised. Uh-huh. I I thought maybe I would be, but I, I wasn't. That That's a good sign, right? It's a very good sign. Therapy's definitely working. I recommend it. Love therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... It just proves that, you know, it just the chapters close and we're done. And mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I, I wish him the best, honestly, and Amanda as well. And everyone on the show, I really hope everyone does find love. As much as we came on for, like, the experience, you know, we came there with – I came there with a focus of leaving with a boyfriend, like, or falling in love mm-hmm. and, like, finding someone in a different type of setting, um, whether that was everyone else's goal or not. I think that, you know, I just hope that everyone does find their person and – uh, maybe this experience is just like a, a door leading into that or something. But um, yeah, I just I really just I guess I wish and hope the best for them. So, yeah, I mean, that's tough that to, you you guys are also like trauma bonded, you know, like you, unfortunately, you all went through this this hard situation, watched it back. So it's understandable for people to just kind of want to cut ties and, and move forward with their life. Right, exactly. Have you spoken to or DM'd or gotten anything from Amanda? Because I, I imagine at some point there might have been a communication um, back and forth about stuff going on, or has that not happened either? She messaged me after the um, episode. Like we had a 
like in the very beginning before the show even came out and then obviously with the show out and everything that was going on Twitter mm-hmm. I think a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that she was doing and saying in regards to like me in general on Twitter was very um questionable for me like if I was to like build any relationship with her I think that she really kind of tainted it with Twitter yeah um so after the episode where Kurt said he was falling in love with me as well I think when he said yo tambien um she messaged me after that actually and she um I, I don't know if I should share exactly what she said, but she was along the lines of uh, he's a tool and I hope we can, <laughs> I hope we can catch up uh, after this. And I said the same. I said, yeah, this has been a whirlwind. Um, you know, we should definitely chat and hang out, hang out after this. But then that was another two weeks left of the show. And then mm-hmm. it was like more stuff on Twitter. So I'm just like, you won't follow me. So I just don't understand what's happening. It's like a roller coaster. So I'm just like, it, you know, that's another thing where I'm like, that's closed, it's done. And I, it's very confusing. I'm like, I was good with recon- reconciling, but then obviously, or like trying to, but, but there's so many things happening. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, sometimes people just don't mesh, you know, we can't all get along mm-hmm. with each other. So like, mm-hmm. it is what no, it but is. The, fun- the funny thing is that Amanda and I, we got along so well in the house. Like, really? Honestly, she was one of the funniest people I think I've ever met. Because like <laughs> anything that came out of her mouth was just really funny, um, and then we cl- we just clicked and like we would just be really funny together. I think one of the things that happened backstage, I don't know if she talked about this or not, but like we were so bored in the house, like just bored. We're all sat in a in a on the bed in my one of my in my room, and it was like me, her, Andrea, or Sarah, and some other one, some somebody else, mm-hmm. and we were like, what should we do? Like, we're just bored. All the other girls are doing stuff around the house. And then me and her had the idea of like using an earring. It was like a dangly earring and it was like plastic and we couldn't find a bell. We wanted to like basically ring a bell and make everyone think that Martin was ringing the bell. So we got like a a dangly earring and we got like a glass and then we went downstairs by the door, me and her, and we literally clicked the earrings on the glass to make it sound like a bell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we didn't say anything else we just did that and all the girls you could see girls coming from everywhere they're coming from upstairs <laughs> but the, the, the hallways like on the right side of the hallway on the left side coming down the stairs you saw people coming from the kitchen into the hallway coming from the dining room they were literally pouring in from everywhere That's and then good. me and amanda were just sitting there like laughing That's so good. hard everyone was so mad it was so funny we just like we're like what next so i mean we had like a lot of moments like that and then I think it's just, you know, when you're dating the same guy, it's just a very weird situation. Yeah, I would think so. It really tainted that. And obviously, like with, you know, uh, media and all this stuff, it just. Yeah, everything that happened after. That's understandable. Right, right. right. One of the funny things that happened, you will never know, but like on the elimination, I'm not sure if you remember when I wore like, like black leather pants and like a black shirt. Oh, I did not forget that fit. (laughs) The one way um, I hugged Kurt and he said, miss you. And I said, miss you too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed or not, but I also wore like slip, slip in heels. So there was like, um, there was a method behind this outfit. And the method was <laughs> that whole entire day I was suffering from a stomach bug. Ooh. So I was literally running to the bathroom <sighs> every 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and also at this point I hadn't seen the boys in like three days. So I was like, I need to figure out something. So if when I'm sitting in elimination ceremonies, if an accident happens, mm. I'm ready to go. So <laughs> I wore black for one reason, but I also wore the leather pants because they're not permeable. And then I wore the slip in heels so that I can take them off and literally run to the bathroom if I needed to. So thought out. 
I was more scared of running to the bathroom and having that like edited into like a bad thing than actually like <laughs> like you running away from it. Yeah. Literally shitting myself. So that I whenever I watched that back and he gave me a hug, I went straight to the bathroom after that or something. <laughs> I was like <laughs> just in case. But anyways, I thought that was funny. That is amazing. We've all been there, girl. We've all been there. It was the worst. We need to start normalizing the fact that <laughs> After a certain age, your stomach goes, and everyone's got like five minutes. Like Uh everyone. This is not like a thing where you're a kid anymore and you can hold it for a long time. No, 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 no. Everyone's dealing with it. So let's like. It's the worst. Everyone, you're not alone. We all shit our pants. It happens to all of us. It's the worst. I mean, I don't don't think I've ever actually had a stomach bug. That was the first time. And it was like from like a a grilled Chick-fil-A sandwich that was in the fridge that mm. I grabbed for dinner. Wow. Yeah, I think the I think the girls were at the winery the night before and I like didn't make myself dinner, just grabbed that sandwich. But I found out the next morning Ooh. because I was sitting outside on the steps. I'm like <laughs> yep. on the steps. Like I my morning thing was I would get up, I would make myself like a bowl of veggie omelet. I would sit on the stone steps and then I would overlook the lake mm-hmm. and then I would have my my hummingbird friend in the tree and i would look at it and i'd be like this is such a wonderful life and i would say my my gratitude i remember sitting there and it happening it just happened and i was like oh my god and i I was mic'd i was like did i just hit myself (laughs) i'm not kidding i looked down i ran to the bathroom fixed myself came back and i like it was and had to clean it up obviously but it was just it was a disaster mm. that day was a disaster i was like i told the producers i was like i don't know what we're doing today i hope it's nothing because i can i literally cannot leave the bedroom mm-hmm. or the bathroom so anyways <laughs> yeah they're gonna put you on the boat that day just go on the boat and whenever yeah, you gotta right. go you just jump in the water do your thing and get oh back god the oh my god no. <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> No, I could not. Oh, my God. And nobody swim near me. Nobody swim near me. Everybody swim away from me. Swim away. Swim away from me, please. Luckily to me, it was an off day. It was an off day. Oh, so. that's um, good. One more thing. I mean, it seems like like the the bathroom situation was a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we were talking mm-hmm. to Sarah. Was it Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who Sarah said like, you helped her unclog a toilet. Yeah. 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 Can mm-hmm. you walk us through that moment? Because I remember when she told us that story. I goes, of course she did. Of course she did. She's like, it's okay, sweetie. It's okay. So Sarah was in the room a lot. Like, she napped and she chilled. She said that, and yeah. only napped, according to us. Yeah, literally. Like, I thought they were going to do a montage of Sarah's napping, like, everywhere in the house. It was, like, <laughs> it was funny to think about. But I can't remember what I was doing. We weren't doing anything. It was, like, noon or something. And I came upstairs after having, like, lunch. Or, and I just, like, dawdled in. And she was like, Carolyn help me and she was coming out of the shower and I was like what's up and she had a towel on she was like I clogged the toilet I need help and then I was like okay so like the first time it happened it was up like legitimately pumping it like with the <laughs> what is it called the plunger yeah the plunger so I was plunging plunging it first and I'm, I'm obviously looking down and it's like her shit so I do that and then <laughs> that's done and she's like oh my god thank you the second time was I don't know if you guys know how to do this but like you take the top off and then like the the chain unlinks mm-hmm. so that's what it was so I, I wanted to teach her like if this happens again like all you have to do <laughs> a is a teachable either- moment yeah, like sometimes it runs out of water, so sometimes you have to fill it with water. But if not, it's the chain unlinked. So I linked the chain, and as soon as I flushed the toilet, like the amazement in her eyes was like, did you just do rocket science? <laughs> did you just perform brain surgery? I was like, no, it's literally that simple. So 
that was really funny. But that was just one of our many bonding moments. I love it. Before we have you go, there's two things that we've been doing with all of the ladies um, before we wrap. So Mm -hmm. as you know, one of the amazing moments of this entire season was Bree's drunken Daddy Mm -hmm. Martin. Mm-hmm. We've been having everyone give us their best Daddy Martin impression. So Steven's going to play the clip so you can okay. hear it. And then you got to okay. give us your best Daddy Martin. Daddy Martin. <laughs> oh, my God. Daddy Martin. Hey! Oh, my God. That oh. might have been the best one yet. <laughs> my wow. son's father's English. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. You have. Yeah. So I have a little bit. Wow. Daddy Martin. That was incredible. That was incredible. Thanks. I felt like Brie was here. I felt like she was here. <laughs> Brie entered my, her spirit entered my body. As it moment. should. As it should. She's amazing. God love we her. Love, we, we love her. We love her. We love everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. just a phenomenal group of people that was assembled for, for this show. Um, Definitely. Absolutely. Last but not least, um, we've had multiple answers in the interviews we've been doing the past couple of days here about this very uh, hot button issue, pineapple on pizza. I am. I think I know where you're going to go on this, but I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's a good question. My friends can describe me as the human uh, example or the human, I don't know, manifestation of savory and sweet. Okay. Mm. Oh. Pineapple on pizza is savory and sweet. So that's like, mm-hmm. that's definitely me. 100%. And, and, add, and add a little bit of hot sauce on there. Hot sauce Ooh, makes it yes. spicy. Oh yes, and then we're and then we're in. Okay, Stephen, was that were you expecting that? Listen, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I was like, I have a feeling she's gonna like this. Yep, savory, sweet, a little bit spicy. That's me. I love it. You're a spicy <laughs> pineapple pizza. Yes, there you go. I've seen the food that you've posted on the gram, and I'm like, <laughs> she's open to all sorts of food. It's not just turkey sandwiches and shit. Like, <laughs> exactly. I've seen the meals she's had out. This is that was great, fantastic. Carolyn, thank you so much for talking with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Well, guys, that was an incredibly interesting interview with Carolyn. I'm glad that we were able to uh, reach back out and talk to her a little bit after, you know, some of the other interviews came out so she could kind of address some of the new information um, that was coming to us. But um, I mean, overall, I learned a lot. It's a learning experience. (laughs) I felt like we got some good insight there. It wasn't like super like tea dragging anybody or anything like that. I mean, there was good stuff mm-hmm. in there. And that I think that's all we can ask for. Um, I hope, you know, if you're finding us for the first time because this interview has been posted. Hi, what's up? Welcome to the number one. And um, hopefully we, we continue on. I mean, the schedule of uh, operations has changed here recently. With everything going on. So, Mixie, lead us down the road of what we have coming up. So, um, we did want to let you guys know two uh, things with Jill Millionaire. I guess three. First of all, we were supposed to speak with Amanda. Um, Things kind of kept getting pushed. And then, eventually, she just said that she no longer wanted to discuss any of this. Um, She just kind of wants wants to close that chapter of her life, which we understand. We wish Amanda well. Um, If anything changes on that, she's got our information and we will happily talk to her at a later date. Um, And then that leads us to Kurt. We are trying to talk to Kurt. However, Stephen and I have nine to five so that we can put roofs over our heads and and feed ourselves. (laughs) So 
we can't really just drop our work stuff to talk to him during the day. And it's hard for us to find a time to meet up with him that works for him and us. So we are going to continue, but I can't promise anything. We'll keep trying, but you know, we, we can only do so much. It's not like we didn't try. It's not like we didn't try. And again, not trying to shit on him. We just, it, with all these things with three people and, and Mm -hmm. having a Fox representative, it gets a little challenging to try to schedule all these things. Absolutely. So with those downers, we have an upper, the next episode of the right reality podcast is quite possibly the best day of my life. We talked to the man, the myth, the butler, Martin. And it was amazing. And you guys, I cannot stress enough how incredible this podcast is. So make sure you're following us on Twitter, on Instagram, join the hotties, link in the description. Um, Hit that plus button on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to make sure that you get notifications when we upload because you do not want to miss this interview with Martin. Can't do it. We won't allow it to happen. Not on our watch. And then, Stephen, we also... You know, Joe Millionaire's come to an end. It's yep. hard for us to accept it, but yep. it is true. Yep. It's come to an end. So do you want to people what our plan is moving forward? We are moving to the island of the Temptations. Temptation Island is the next Woo! show that The Right Reality will be taking over and becoming the number one Temptation Island podcast. Excuse me. Obviously. <clears throat> the number one Temptation Island podcast. <laughs> That rolls off pretty nicely, too. It does. It so does. by the time you're listening to this, the first episode is aired. So please go mm-hmm. watch that. It's on USA. I believe it's also available on Peacock. So you can go watch there, DVR it, set your schedules. It's 10, 9 central on Wednesdays mm-hmm. on USA. Fun yes. fact for everybody. We have screeners. <laughs> Yes, we do. We have screeners. The the team over at Comcast, NBC, whatever the collective is now known as. We love you. Was like, oh, you were the number one Joe Millionaire podcast. And we were like, (laughs) hell fucking yeah, we are. I'm like, yo, can you like get us those screeners? They're like, sure. Log in here. Boom. Done. Great. Fantastic. We love it. We love it already. So we can't wait for that. We are going to have screeners moving forward. I know that, like Steven said, the first episode's already come out. If I'm being completely transparent with you guys, I haven't had time to watch it yet. Nor I. And neither has Steven. So our plan, because of all of this uh, Joe Millionaire stuff, our plan is to watch uh, episode one and episode two, combine them together. We'll post that right after episode two airs on the East Coast so that you guys have a podcast right away. And then moving forward, we will have a recap uh, after every episode. And hopefully, we'll talk to some of the the tempters and the temptresses. Yeah. And I don't know how to refer to them. The think- the couples that are just begging for their, their relationships to blow up. We'll talk to all of them. We might try <laughs> to get somebody on who can explain the idea of what Temptation Island is as well. And I know some of you are like, you're going to do two episodes in one? I mean, that's what we did for Joe Millionaire, and it was a runaway hit because, you know, two yeah. does not exist. So yeah, we don't want to do episode two because two does not exist. So we'll just make it one. Mm-hmm. That's what we're exactly. Do. Exactly. So stay tuned. Lots of exciting stuff happening, guys. Uh, set your DVRs, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Get ready. Get that lotion out. Bye. Bye. Bye.